What's up, Flooring family? Welcome to the huddle. Coming to you every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central. We discuss various topics on maintaining Ford progress in your flooring career. With me, as always, and sometimes I'm the one missing, is Daniel <laughs> and Jose Gonzalez from Preferred Flooring up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, the premier up, flooring flooring uh, contractor and uh, installer, residential, commercial, mainly commercial, though, up in Grand Rapids. So look them up. All right. What's going on, fellas? How's it going, brother? We're just here. Um, doing our wonderful. Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sharing, sharing their socials right now. So that that's why we're looking down at our phones. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got we got to get the crowd on here and uh, get some interaction. Um, well, how was last week's huddle? Good. I watched a little bit of it. Looked like it went pretty well. Just everyone. Everyone was like, man, everything is so much better when Paul's not there. <laughs> I heard viewership was up and everything. <laughs> I, I should miss more often. <laughs> it was. It, it, it was. Daniel pointed it out right away. So well, there was one of my buddies is an electrician, and then we had a meeting the next day um, at one of the construction companies. And he came up to me. He was like, it's my first time able to actually watch a full podcast. He was like, it was crazy because everything that you talk about is what's going on in the electrical industry right now. And it, we just it's like it's not just flooring related. It's the entire construction industry, I think. So a lot of the the stuff that we talk about other trades can relate to as well. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. With the special other specialty contractors, you know, I mean, we we run in in the same circles have the same issues i would assume a lot of the same labor problems even I think so it's well cool in general probably right just you know just a different uh different hat different type yeah we should we should do a podcast this podcast this next year called around the world of trades and have all the just a, a rep from every trade on and let's just talk uh how everything <laughs> is the same yeah, our GCs may not like uh, hearing that every trade has well, the same complaints, but well, it's the I. It was actually um one of the so it was the vice president of the of the construction company uh, came up to us. He he overheard us talking, and he said the same thing. Like he feels it because you. I mean, last week was a new generation, right? Talking about the younger people coming in, and he said we feel that too. It's like people coming in starting they just they want to make that same dollar amount as you're making right now right off the back with you know zero um experience and it's yeah i think yeah i'm sure from that it. perspective that was a great topic uh, that perspective has got to be shared with with most people in in uh construction in general yeah and it can go a lot of different ways under that topic too but it's just you could I, we could talk for days about that. We could talk days about almost anything. Sure, we almost do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so this week is managing uh, customer expectations. Um, I think this is a a really um, important topic if you're if you are doing flooring in specific, um, but probably like we talked earlier here, all the trades, but. The one thing that with flooring is we're so disruptive 
you can kind of rewire a house or do some plumbing work or, you know, even painting without completely displacing your client, you know? So we're pretty disruptive in that manner. Um, so managing those expectations, uh, what are some key like points under that? Like what are some key, uh, give you one example um, of a key um, topic underneath that topic is like time, you know, managing the expectation of time. They, a lot of times uh, specifically in, in commercial they just think it's going to go down. It, it Sometimes they think they it's going to take you a week when you can do it in two days. And sometimes they think it's going to take you two days and it should take two weeks. Yes. And managing that, what are some of the uh, low hanging fruit for people to, to, you know, start doing that with their customers? Because if you don't do that, you're going into the lion's den on every job. I would, um, I would start by saying uh, for under or under promise and over deliver, right? If you lead with that, um, th th then it's just going to help you out in the end. Um, if you are under promising, but then way over delivering, that could also hurt as well, right? You don't want to say, I need this for five days, push the other trades out of the way for five days, then you're done in one and a half. And he's like, what? Like, like, if you know it's going to take you three days, give yourself four. If you know yeah. it's going to take you, you know, five working days, then give yourself till the next, you know, if you start on a Monday, give yourself to the next week, Monday or Tuesday to wrap up, right? Like, then you and can clear, again. I think clearly communicating that too, in yeah. writing, uh, in some manner, even if you're dealing with a homeowner, um, either on your proposal or in text messages, following up the proposal, emails, whatever the means of communication is, is identifying that, but then also, you know, communicating that in writing. It's saved our, um, our rear ends a time or two by communicating it in writing. So it's not like, no, you said it was going to take a week. <laughs> no, I said three weeks. <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay. Now it's just my word versus yours. So either having it on a nice Gantt chart to show the the timing, uh, you know, on a scheduling chart, but at the very least communicating that is very, very important. That's like the first piece. And then when you're doing that, listen to what Jose said and, you know, under promise, over deliver. Um, and you're right, uh, just to speak to to your point about Sometimes if you do that too well, or it goes too well, <laughs> then you you end up like biting your butt, you know, getting bit in the butt over it because then they either expect it that next time they have you on a job or a project uh, and do not consider the different site conditions. They say, well, you got 4,000 feet of LBT, you laid it in a day, and this, this is 4,000 feet of LBT. Yeah, this, yeah. One's, this one's only 2,000. Yeah, ought to be able to do it in a half a day. Yeah. Well, there are certain processes that take time, skim coding, prep, those kinds of things that you gain efficiency of scale at larger stuff. And then, of course, not every layout's the same. Not all the products are the same. Not all the adhesives are the same on dry time. Is it a full, you know, 100% 
pressure sensitive? Is it, does it go in partially wet? Is it a wet set? There's all kinds of factors into that that can change the total dynamic of the job. So and, and also, I'm a big fan. And also dealing with expectations set by previous installers. Um, you know, you're, you're going to do things a little bit differently if they've had other installers. And I'm referring more to commercial than I am residential. Um, they have other companies that go in there and they do, they go about things a different way, a different process than you. Um, whether it takes them longer or they can get it done in a shorter amount of time, you know, and it's like, well, the last company was only here, they they did every phase in three days or four days and you're telling me five. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. I can't speak for them. I can only speak for myself. Um, this is our process. This is, you know, sometimes you kind of go step by step and they say, well, they didn't do that. Well, they didn't even do that. Did. Right. But, a lot of it like that we deal with is like us going in there and then, they're like, well, they, they, well, he said, you know, you're adding a day on and then you, you know, pick up a carpet tile and they didn't scrape any of the adhesive. And it's yeah. like, well, and then you, you have to kind of explain to him, well, this is what they didn't do. And this is what we're going to do. And then if they didn't do it, why do you guys have to, it's, it's constant. Yeah. Const and we always talk about this constant communication, right? Kind of going over. And edu them. education too. Yeah. 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 I, I think um, a lot of the contractors that we work with don't deal with people like that. They're just like, and there was, man, there was a, a post on one of the sites earlier. It was an inspection and they were like, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? Wasn't on the work order. So they deal with people that are like that, right? You know, the installers, it's not on the work order. That means I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to get paid for it. And that that's kind of what what we've been having to deal with and it's like well this is how it's supposed to be and you know give them i can give give them all the documentation too right i mean it's in everyone's documentation look at any i mean we always start with prep just look at the prep and even the prep says that you either got to get it down to a thin film or it's got to be gone altogether. and then priming it if you do get it down to a residue depending on which adhesive you're using you got to you possibly got to prime it and i mean there's just so many things to it um yeah it, it seems to me like the education part is the the piece that a lot of people forget is giving that client the why um i know some sometimes our guys fail to do that part um i think that's you know you can't skin over that you got to really explain that like backing systems change Right now, this is the installation instructions. This is how it has to be done. This is why it's going to take us a day longer or two days longer, whatever the case may be. Right. And then, yeah, it, it's just a matter of communicating. If you know your process, communicate your process. Um, and and it, it doesn't matter if it takes you longer or if you get it done quicker than the previous installer. Just worry about that one, that one portion, that one phase and communicate your your worries i mean there's nothing else you can really do besides that unless you're in the well you know how can i mean we're trying to give the the audience some tools here because they we all deal with this you guys know as well as i do how the pressure gets on during these projects and it's like we don't care we just got to get it done and giving tools to the audience that like communication uh, education about how it's supposed to be done and why you got to do it 
it's like those things are really almost paramount to to the timing portion of managing the client's expectations um to back up in the cycle a little bit what about sales you know managing the the that's where the my sales, brain is already going to right right um, when you go to sell something man kind of throughout that sales process managing the expectation from a you know a wearability maybe that's just more education about uh the products that are available where they should and should not be installed but what what kind of things do you think about when you think about management of expectations during the sales process so so i i think uh lately i've been i don't say lately but um I found success into asking questions, right? Trying to find out what the issues are, what their what their worries are, um, and then and then building off of that, and then finding solutions uh, moving forward. Whether it's uh, a design builder is already uh, contracted, I just try to find out what their worries are, right? Because that's all that's going to be in their head when you're having a meeting and you're and you're in the sales process. As they're concerned about losing money, they're concerned about displacement, they're concerned about hours of operation, dust. I mean, there's, they have a lot of concerns. So I just try to, what are your top three concerns right now moving forward in this project? Um, and then that leads to a lot of other questions and, and, and solutions. And, and that's how I try to go about it. But um, that's- and, I like that, dude. That's, ask straight up, what are your top three concerns yeah. And, and but as we get started on this project. And, and um a matter of fact, I just had a meeting this uh, this week over uh, there's a concern about a MR a couple MRI machines and they want to keep them operational, right? But then you have to worry about uh the magnetic pool and there's a lot of I had a lot of questions and the the gentleman was just like nobody's ever asked me any of these questions. I'm like, well, sorry, I just want it like I just need to make sure that I understand like how many pounds uh, uh, for, for, for the mass uh, and of the, the steel item, like, you know, what can we do? And he's just like, I don't know. Like <laughs> it's all listed under the ASTM standards for, for this. And that's why they have, that's why we're putting the marks in the floor. Um, so it's just a matter of asking all the right questions at the beginning. Um because now I know. Yeah, you guys going to have to use ceramic blades and ceramic knives and all that stuff. You, huh? you had to do that before, right? I think you were, you told yeah. us about that. Yeah, we had to buy a whole bunch. Uh, amazingly enough, there's not like a kit. That, you you know, know, so we had to go searching for everything. We found a cera uh, ceramic, uh, you know, knife, like a, a knife, and then the blades themselves were ceramic. Uh, we had to use a plastic roller, uh, like hand roller, um, or zinc, what is it? Um, potted steel or whatever it is. That's not magnetic. I forget the composition of it. There's like very few metals you can use yeah. aluminum, things mm -hmm. like that. Things are not magnetic and, but the knife blades and all that stuff, uh, you still have and, all this stuff. The, yeah. <laughs> We do. Yeah. Let me know if you guys, uh, at the very least, and amazingly, it's pretty, it's not like it was expensive stuff. In fact, when you take metal out of everything, <laughs> it tends to get cheaper all of a sudden. It's all made of plastic and, and rubber and all that stuff. Even the, the pins that held the roller together 
we still have it, but I, it probably won't last you more than one job if you have any any level of work because yeah. everything's made out of plastic. Even the pins that hold the wheels into the plastic hand holder, <laughs> the whole thing is plastic. Man, they can they can probably do a little bit better with, with some cast aluminum or or, or something that's got a a, a lower. Um, what, what's the what's the property called? It's the pins and stuff inside of them. It'll suck a pin right out of one of those things and the cotter pins and the just yeah. all the stuff that holds it together. The like your regular rollers are made out of a not they're not a lot of them aren't magnetic, you know, the little hand rollers. You said that but uh, the pins and the the rod that goes through yeah. to hold the wheels on is steel. So you know, one of the, the solutions was to wear a, a band around the arm and have all the hand tools tethered off. Um was, so everything was, is grounded. Well, it's tethered to you, so that oh. you let it go. You know, it, it, it doesn't because the smaller the tool, the less pull. The larger, I don't know the magnetic pull exactly, but I the I'll guy that that was dealing with the the machine said he's seen it suck keys right through people's jeans. So, yeah. uh. I don't know if I'd want to be tethered to something. That's going to <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they did. They do have. They do have some new rules. Like um, the person cannot be between the unit and their tools anymore. They've had a couple of bad experiences, and um, one of the guys there said that his Milwaukee uh, impact gun got sucked into it, boom, and hit it, and they had to shut it down. And it takes two weeks to power those things back on. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm well, we'll off. talk offline on in the, <laughs> in the weeds on that. My brain is still remembering that project, but yeah, managing expectations from a uh, on the sales side for us is always talking about like the the product expectation. How are they going to use the product or the space, and trying to get out in front of any quality concerns we might have. Um, and then you got to do that again if you get to a job site that has really poor substrate or something and you start talking about, I've got five days to do this area. <laughs> I cannot get it all prepped perfectly and get this LVT or sheet vinyl or whatever installed in five days. So either I need four more days or I need to manage the quality expectations and make it very clear, uh, you know, probably what the floor is going to look like to the best of our ability. Uh, that's another thing that's really important. And then, um, you know, on the sell side, just to back up a bit again, uh, payment expectations. Like I want to make sure that we kind of have clear rules around payment and, and releasing of funds, particularly when we deal with our, it's kind of written in the contract when we're dealing with our GCs, but if we're dealing with end users, which we do quite often, you know, making sure that those, those uh, understanding of a big end user project, Hey, we need to get paid for stored materials as soon as we either order them or they, uh, you know, arrive at our warehouse or whatever uh, mechanism it is. So if you're out there and you're just getting into commercial, these are some of the things you really want to think about if you're, if you're working in residential through a shop, I know a lot of that's probably already handled and the salesperson does this stuff. But if you're selling a job to an end user on a commercial job, you want to talk through the the payment expectations as yeah. well. 
that you don't want to put yourself in a bad uh, financial situation by floating um, funds that you probably shouldn't be floating. I mean, um, I just had a conversation with a with a, a, a company this week about it. And uh, I was just like, well, that's a, are you guys bidding this? Oh, I would like to, but um, I need to find out if there's a better better options for payment because that's a lot of material to be sitting on for two, two and a half years through the duration. I know that we'd be, you know, progressive billing, but she just said, oh, okay, click. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel said, progressive that wasn't progress billing that wasn't yeah. her department <laughs> oh, okay. and that meeting that i was saying earlier that we were at um they were actually talking about um like redoing their payment terms mm -hmm. for smaller contractors like us because they're trying to you know get more small people in there yeah and he's like this is the only way that you know we realize now that this is going to happen is if we actually go through and rewrite everything and it's only going to be for you know certain contracts it's not going to be in every single contract so that way if you guys you know do win a bid it's a matter of this is these are your terms and you know if someone else wins it they don't they don't get those terms so I think uh, we're we're kind of in our area at that forefront where we go in and make a lot of noise and we have been for the past few years and it's it took you know three four years but they're finally they're finally hearing us. Yeah, that's a um, that that's an interesting problem that a lot of people don't understand if they don't hear it from you, which is, yeah, I mean profit money that's one thing but you can make all the profit in the world that the cash ain't flowing the cash ain't flowing and so yeah that's that's one of them deals where you guys going out there and, and communicating that's again another overarching theme it seems like comes up in every podcast is communicating but letting it be known that i'd love to do your job and i'll knock it out of the park for you but we got to come up with some payment terms that that yeah. works for our company yeah, 100. And don't be shy about it, right? Like open communication at the beginning. If, if you wait until you are awarded the contract, then you say, hey, I can't come because I didn't not get paid for the material. And it's, you know, they're not, they're like, because of my job? No, it's because of all of them. There's no communication, but you, you can't wait until it's a problem to try to fix it. That That's a really upfront communication um, uh, or a conversation you should have up front the beginning of any project know those dollars and cents going out know the time frames um and then it could affect your installers too like if you have subcontractors doing all the work and you're tying up your finances on materials well you know just think about what it's going to do to the 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 subs and your team that you have working for you right you can't put yourself in in a bad spot there that's uh because then communication from them isn't going to be so good mm -hmm. well and you got to have somebody put the stuff down at the end of the day, yeah. you know? So maintaining those relationships a lot of times are more important than anything. So it, you, it depend on how you pay your subs. I was, took a trip down to Texas and got an earful from a guy saying, well, if your platform would solve the problem of subs having to get paid every week and when we have to wait till the contractor gets paid to get paid and when in in law the contract is governs all parties in the job and i'm like yeah but you you 
there's very few subs that are going to wait 30, 60 days for their stuff. Why would they work through you then? They might as well go open accounts at the vendor and become your competitor. That the, right. the main reason subs are willing to do labor only is because they get paid every week. They don't have to, to wait on the money. As long as they do good quality work, they get paid each week by most contractors, not all, but you know, most of them. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast if we want. Right. Break that one down. So, so you're talking about prep earlier, right? We'll get back on track about prep. And, you know, you, you can't do anything destructive sometimes when you go look at these jobs. Right. And there was just, um, we just did an orthodontics office and I was walking through and I see some signs of, uh, moisture and stuff. And, and it looked like it was topical. And come to find out it was, it was, it was an insurance claim. And what happened was the cleaning people went in there with some chemical and flooded the place and it turned all their tile, like a pinkish color. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I don't know what's underneath here. So when I priced it out, I priced out self-leveling the entire thing, you know, and good thing I did because it was. Jack. It was like. I mean, it looked, they took an exterior wall down, extended it out to where it looked like there was a porch on there before. And I mean, it was, it was fun. Pretty gnarly. It sounds like yeah, what, what, and, t- what kind of tile was it just out of curiosity? It turned pink. Was it like LVT or was yeah, it? It was an LVT. Uh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was an LVT. I don't know what brand or anything. No, I was just curious. Rubber tile, LVT, VCT, what was the the uh, type of product? Probably an eight mil wear layer, six mil wear layer, uh, bottom of the barrel, LVT. I mean, I don't, I don't want to throw name name brands out there because I know who they were using, and we did not put that brand back in there. But they're happy with that's probably best. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we went in there and. Um, turned out really good it did well a lot of times you know the let me just ask you what what is why is this topic important why is it important to to manage customer expectations because customers are what help build your business customers are the best advertisement that any single company can have you can shoot out as much socials as possible advertise to your blue in the face um, and, and it goes back to the, the, the thing that the, the guy, when I started doing flooring, Ray told me, he's like, you could do a million things right, bud, but the people will only remember you for the one thing you did wrong. And um, that's the, that's really the point, right? Yeah. yeah. Like and, and, you could, you could knock it out of the park with the quality, say time is the problem, but if they get in there three days late or what they felt was three days late, then yeah. they remember that. And that's what they, it's like, they judge you by that. So it's, it's important to be clear and concise on the, um, what you can actually get accomplished and not just give lip service to your clients. Sometimes that's a difficult conversation. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring that up. Sometimes it's hard. Like I can't do that in five days or whatever the time frame is. I, I need 10 days or 12 days or whatever. And that's when a lot of times you'll hear, well, I did this before, 
at another we did another clinic just, in pennsylvania and it only took five three more days people just throw five yeah. more people on it like what's five more people gonna do man this is like this yeah. i've had that conversation quite a bit so um, it's incredibly important to to take this serious to take the part of talking to your client communicating expectations and getting buy-in from them that's that final piece is like you educate and you communicate with them and you tell them what the deal is, but then getting them to buy into that and believe that, that you're giving them the best, your only goal is to give them the best product. Then, mm -hmm. then you have a better, a much better scenario that you're working under. You're going to have a happier client. Like you just said, because you're going to have there, you're going to meet the expectation or just like, like we talked about earlier, maybe even beat it because you didn't, you know, you, you undersold and over delivered. And I, and I would like to add to that too, is um, humility goes a long way. The hard conversations, I mean, they're hard because nobody wants to have them, but they shouldn't be put off. They should, they should be, Hey, you have a few minutes. We have to talk. There's a couple things not, not going right. And we, I'd like to discuss this with you. Right. Instead of, trying to put out that fire when you hit that deadline and you're not done or you found you, you, you have to have that communication and as hard as it is every time it does get easier to have that conversation it doesn't get easier to face to face have the conversation or even on the phone but it gets easier because you understand why you have to have it yeah and it's, it's going to come up eventually anyways. Right. And it's either it, it comes from you or it comes from the results or it comes from the people that are, are staffing the project. You know, it, I'd rather it come from me. Right. 100%. Like if we ding a door or something, I mean, it's happens <laughs> all the time, right? You, you hit a piece of trim, you, you know, hit a tool into a door or something or a wall. And it's like, Hey, this is what happened. Um, if you have someone to take care of it, that's awesome. You know, let me know. If not, we'll see what we can do to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing you said, Daniel, that, you know, you're going to have the conversation either way. You might as well have it up front, right? That's what you're implying. And I, I a hundred percent agree. And it's because, after the problems happened or after you've already not met a schedule or the quality of the product, you know, maybe it got installed wonderfully, but it was just an impossible situation. Having that conversation at the end of the day, what's it sound like? It always sounds like excuses on the front side. It sounds like planning on the back side. It yes. sounds like excuses. That's a good way so, to put it. So that's that's one of those uh, that's one of those management of, uh, you know, clients desires. And then sometimes you cannot uh, you get into some situations where you cannot win. And then I would say document your rear end off. Yep. And and uh, if you do recognize early enough of those situations where you, where you can't win. And sometimes it's better to say, you know what? This is this conversation is going nowhere. I'm just going to try to take care of what we have to take care of, and and, and we'll, we'll continue this at a later date. Try to walk away. Um, I've been the person to not walk away, um, because when you feel you're right, you you want someone to to to, to view your point only, right? But sometimes you got to walk away, cool down, 
and come back. Well, let that let that meat marinate for a second. Let what <laughs> yeah. you said marinate for a little bit, and then go back and and a lot of times you'll see they'll come and say, "Hey, you kind of had a good point there." Like, you know, how can we work through this? You know, if you if you like you said, you're you're humble, right? And, and managing the expectations, right? Sometimes it's managing somebody else's feelings. Sometimes it's managing somebody else's life. Um, and sometimes it's managing yours and mm -hmm. all that's got to be considered. Um, and it's, I think the older you get, the easier it is to recognize, right? Because you've just been through more situations. But um, when I was young, I definitely, I definitely didn't want to recognize anything, but getting floor down. Yeah. <laughs> You're in my way. Get out of my way. Well, sometimes you still got to be that way it's um, um there's a different wording word. though different wording <laughs> yeah. just just a different delivery <laughs> yeah no no uh about to shake you off that ladder yeah <laughs> yeah oh, i know that one yeah me too just start gluing just start gluing glue them in there glue around the ladder <laughs> so um when you guys deal with residential is there any particular like parts of what we've talked about that matter more or a different way of discussing when you're talking to a homeowner. I know uh, just to, uh, a quick um, backstory, I, we did residential and we, we still do, but it just like new uh, residential, just not residential replacement unless it's for a really good friend. <laughs> but back when I, I actually did the mobile showroom long before we're talking like 2002, 2003, 2002. Uh, we had a mobile showroom. And um, in doing that, I got out of the residential real quick. We were probably doing that for six months. And not because of sales, not because of profits. I just could not deal with. I was too young and too. Uh, yeah. And and used to commercial. Um mm -hmm to to manage those things so how do you do that because people take off for vacation they've got you know christmas holidays coming up right and people they want their bathroom to look the best for when their family flies in or they got a kitchen that they yeah. want to get remodeled right in time a whole bunch of scenarios that we just like literally went through over the past <laughs> um so residential is what's the nuance that's what i that's what i'm trying to get like what's the nuance for residential Patience, understand that it's a home, not a business, and also understand that you're not working with a bunch of contractors who understand the language already. You're working with a homeowner who is essentially asking to be educated if they don't already know a little bit. And that is the, the, the hardest part that I have ever dealt with for residential is making sure that I was very clear on my end. So that way the questions on the back end or towards the end of the job were, well, we didn't discuss that, right? Because if you don't say it, that means it's not going to happen. If you don't bring it up, that means it was never an issue. So um, I'm finding a mixture now. Back then it wasn't, it was all a conversation and, and, and um, that's pretty much it. And they would write, take notes. I would take notes. But a combination of emails, text, and and a phone call or face-to-face -to, -face to make sure that it's clear, make sure everything is clear. 
um, is is well worth your time. Um, saves a lot at the end. Well, you know, I mean, that's kind of the same as commercial, I guess. I mean, you're really just trying to state clearly what you can get done. But a lot of homeowners, uh, I, I suspect, you know, they, they have five days vacation. They're going to take it and they want to get their entire house re refloored or whatever. That that, that has to take them. some nuance to like... An Empire commercial. Well, I saw the commercial on Empire. They did the whole living room, everything, and he just went like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little more to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's those companies out there, those residential companies that's like floors installed the next day. Yeah. And yeah, and how often does that actually happen? I don't know. That's not my world. I, yeah. I mean, I'm always, I'm, and I know it's not your guys's either. Uh, that, um, you know, uh, again, a whole nother podcast against this free installation and that kind of. Right. talk so, uh we do have outlawed. a couple residential installers chiming in kendall says that 100 it takes a lot of patience like hands down right and then uh Dirk says that um taking the little extra time to to talk to the client you know get the homeowner and say hey it's kind of what's going on and you know just take them through the process and then he says once you get the homeowner on your side it's pretty much do whatever you need to do to make it make it right. I don't want to be living here and then having, you know, issues popping up throughout the lifetime of this floor. I, if it's going to be done right now, do it, do it right. So there's, there's two pieces of nuance then Yeah. like a, uh, and I, I appreciate what Kendall commented. There is patience. If you show frustration, I'm assuming he's, he's indicating don't show frustration to your, to the homeowner and just be very patient with them. And, uh, you know, it can get rough and tumble in the commercial world. You got, you can get into it with the <laughs> superintendent and the next day you guys are high-fiving. That's just yeah. that <laughs> different world in there. You get into it with a, a, a homeowner. I'm a, I'm just assuming that like the one or two times it happened to me, I was the SOB of the world. Like yeah. I was yeah. not their favorite person. Well, I mean, ever you, you again. look at it, and I'll go back to the groups again, right? Because I remember seeing a post that was like, this homeowner like kicked me out of their house and they won't give me my tools back. Like, what is going on? <laughs> well, you, like, you gotta look at it like this too. Like, you're in someone's home, right? Like, you are in their their personal, their domain, their 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 kingdom. And how how would how that would make you? Feel? Yeah, how would, how would you, you feel? feel if would you just let someone you don't like in your home? Right. Yeah. And, you know, you have to babysit them or someone you don't trust. No. Right. So like, as soon as I decide, like, I don't like someone last place they're going to be is in my house. <laughs> True. You know, and, and that's, that's the hard part right there is, and, it, and it's not about making them like see your way. Cause I don't try to oversell. If you, if you start overselling things because you're trying to sell things instead of find solutions, they're going to pick up. Anybody will pick up on that right away. Mm -hmm. right? Anybody. Uh, but if you're helping find solutions and and being authentic, um, then it creates a better relationship right away. Um, express concerns, but not like, ah, oh, you, you know, you don't want that. That's garbage. Well, that's not really the quality that 
that we were talking about. Like we're talking about a quality that's right here and, and the material that that you keep picking is down here. I know that the price point isn't isn't what what you want, but in order to get that quality up here, we, we have to raise that budget a little bit. Well, that, that's when you start and, talking and, value, right? The, yeah. the value of this flooring, you're not going to get the same value out of this. And it's only 15 cents a square foot more. You know, you're talking pennies. Yeah. yeah and you're, and, and like you brought up the electricians earlier, I'm sure that that same kind of thing, whether it's light switches or outlets or things of that nature that, that they have to do that they, they have that same thing. And it, it yeah. seems to me that managing, uh, you know, specifically the, um, homeowner and that other nuance was quality is important on our commercial jobs, but you know, as well as I do on the superintendent knows he's walking away when, when that job's over, he's just trying to get his job done on time. And a lot of homeowners, it sounds like to me, what was the other gentleman that commented that? Because it sounds like Dirk. to me that what's that? Dirk. Dirk. It seems like to me when you, when you, uh, if you can bring the quality that that value to the forefront and say, Hey, I want you to love your home forever. And I'm just spitballing here, but I want you to love your, your flooring forever. And rushing through this X, Y, Z process is not going to do that for you. I want to do it right. You got to live on this floor. I want you to be happy for life. So building the value around quality sounds like one of the nuances. I mean, I've done that, tried to do that with commercial companies. And a lot of times you just run into this, like, I don't care. You're a professional, get it done, get more guys, do whatever you got to do. It's There's your a, problem. I have you under contract and the schedule states you're going to be done on this day. You got to figure that out. It's, just, it's more abrupt. You just made me think of something too. And, and, um, commercial world, they don't want to micromanage what you're doing, right? They, they want you to come in, do your job. They're just expecting that you're going to do the best possible job you can with the equipment material you're ordering. Um, uh, residential, if they're present and they're there, they want to feel like they are part of the progress. They want to micromanage, I would call it, but it's not really micromanaging. Micro watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, they're just absorbing information and helping through the process. And once something clicks, they want to be part of it 100%. So you just made me think about it in a different different way. So now yeah, they learn how to be nicer, I guess, huh? Dang. Well, we also don't, I, I'm assuming you don't have like written not the contracts we go through. I was just reading contracts. You know, some of them are that yeah. thick. You know what I'm saying? You don't have that kind of governance around a residential job either. So your your real governance is your relationship with that homeowner, it sounds like. I'm just picking up on some nuance from the comments here. But, you know, you got to your contract is kind of more of the relationship with that person because they can kick you out of their house, tell the store wherever they bought the stuff. I want someone else, or if it was direct with you, just hire someone else. And there's just not a lot of recourse for you. I really you. like this person. We'll just order the material before the down payment. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, we're not ordering anything until I get paid. <laughs> and Kendall says, yeah. we talked about, you know, a few times too, it's presentation when you're working in residential, you know, show up, introduce yourself, introduce your crew and, and you know, look the part. You, you you don't want anyone just i mean we've all we've all known one or two of the guys that's like 
I can't really send you to this job, man, because <laughs> you're the nicest guy I know, but the face yeah. tattoos are not <laughs> going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've always They're been certainly... one to go against the grain. So it's, it's, I try not to use that. Right. But, but you know, as well as I do that certain things uh, would put, would make clients feel uncomfortable, right? Like you can't bring your kid to work sometimes in residential, just like, um, you, you have your, your kid doing what, you know? And yeah. um, you and certainly you can't, can't do it in commercial. You kicked off. Yeah, right? you, you can't send a, a leaky van, um, a van that's leaking oil into um, a concrete driveway with this brand new, you know, brand new construction. You know, there's just things that you can't do. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as like, um, let's just say demographic and then uh, two different demographics coming together on a job site, man, like back in the day, it was like, am I going to be okay going there? Cause I'm Hispanic. Right. Well, oh, it's, they don't care if you have a man bun, they don't care so, if you're black, white, whatever. Like they just, if you're professional and you're cordial and you do a good job. Yeah. So better. as see, if I can mention, we were talking to uh Brian Artioli. I don't know if you were there for this conversation no, or not. Yeah. <laughs> He was he was saying that um he does like a white glove service and he'll go in there and when he starts moving furniture you know they, they put on the white gloves to make sure that they're not leaving fingerprints and stuff and he says and you know most of the time it's just a gimmick you, you just you want those clients to see like if if we have the house the white gloves ain't going on but if there there's a homeowner there you're like and they're not paying attention you're like hey um you don't yell hey but you're like um um <laughs> the white gloves on, you know, just getting their attention real quick. Just walk around looking like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but you, well, you, you want to make sure that they know that you're, you know, how precious their stuff is to yeah. them because it's the same thing in your house, right? Like, what the hell are you doing with my stuff around like that, bro? Like, that's been in the family for fifty years. Mm -hmm. Yeah that 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 side of the world, man. You guys. um Kudos to to the residential guys out there because it takes a certain demeanor uh, and approach. It sounds like for sure to to gain the trust, and you only have a few minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's human nature. Uh, you only have a few minutes, whereas like superintendents or something like that on a on a commercial job, even if they don't like you, they don't care as long as they don't care. <laughs> You don't care as long as you get the job done. And and there's plenty of superintendents over the years that did not care for me. And but I got their job done and I was respectful enough and you could get into it. And I, you know, there's just different solutions in the construction, uh, commercial construction world. Not so much as, it, as today as it used to be. But I remember um, getting into a, a little verbal scuffle with the superintendent and taking him a six pack of beer the next day and saying, uh, I still don't like you, but here's, here's beer for, uh, as a peace offering, <laughs> you know, we got along the rest of the job. He still didn't care for me probably, but at the end of the day, we got the job done. It looked wonderful. And he helped make sure that the areas were ready. So, you know, there, th those nuances between how to keep different types of customers happy and it starts with managing the expectation going into the job. Yeah, which we, we talked about, I mean, a lot of what we talked about was like GCs and then homeowners, right? But you also have your commercial where you contract with, you know, those owners direct. And then 
that's when you you do have to think more like the orthodontist that we did i went and bought a bunch of plastic they got you know all their their equipment in there that's going to stay in there and it's like i'm not trying to have you guys clean everything so we plastic everything off and take mm-hmm. everything up right there there's there's things like that that when you're working direct with the the client uh on commercial that they're just not thinking about the same things that a construction company knows like that's a standard we know we're gonna have to clean this when we're done you know but they're right. like we're just doing the but, floors we shouldn't have to do anything but if you else. if you do the same job through a gc you're like you go in there and you do it and then they're like all this stuff is dusty and it's like it wasn't in my contract man like yeah i didn't have protection of yeah everything in uh, dust dust protection and yeah it, it all comes down to understanding what the client's really looking for. It sounds like, you know, yep. and how to best manage that. Uh, I hope that everybody got some like tidbits and tips and, and tricks. Um, I do like the, you know, learning about the residential world. Um, tell you in building go Carrera, one of the things that has come to light is we basically have a toggle on the site on when you sign up for your profile, that's like how much residential and how much commercial have you done versus commercial have you done in the last three to five years or whatever. One of the retail clients we're, we're doing a beta test with now said, well, where's your retail replacement toggle? And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, man, our, we have residential guys that do wonderful work that, are like bulls in a China closet when you send them to a residential replacement. Like you need to figure out a way to identify the residential replacement installers versus just the residential installers who know how to do good stretch in or good mm-hmm. residential installation. I was like, it's a nuance I never even thought of, you know, so, there's so many vertical markets just in our industry yeah. that it's crazy. It does. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, a, a build, a brand new build is way different than uh, a renovation. And I think we, Daniel has it uh, categorized in our system too, from uh, remodels to new construction to healthcare. So he's got all those markets separated in there so we can see where we're- Where we're, where we're making money and where we're not. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, that's and that's all, the reason, but it probably does help you plan and on the front side too. Um, it definitely helps- it helps everyone understand that there's going to be a different set of guidelines for that project. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, this is a residential remodel. I don't think I've ever done a brand new residential project. I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever had that luxury. No, all really? of our brand new residentials have been multifamily units, whether it's, you know, yeah. like it could just be like four apartments, but it's never just, a brand new house that's more like what Dirk does he'll he'll go yep. you know he has accounts with some builders and it's like we're building 24 houses this year first one starts on this day and last one is going on this day interesting yeah there are a lot of verticals in our business so key takeaways for sounds like be respectful build rapport communicate and educate like yep. that's that's what I've I've gotten out of this and execute and execute. Yeah. So do what you say you can do and then kind of buffer that a little bit. Yep. <laughs> well, awesome. We are. Go ahead. We talk about exceeding customers expectations. So that's where. 
under promise and over deliver comes from, right? <laughs> it's like go in there with the mindset that you're going to, you're going to blow every single job out of the water. You want them people to look at everything and be like, this is amazing. Just have that mindset every time you go on a job. Yeah. And if you're not confident um, in how you're going to, the process or the execution, be confident that you're going to have a solution for that. Right. Cause then, then you can talk around that point or unless they talk around it, then you can avoid having that conversation about how you're not comfortable and have the conversation about this is what I'm going to do to remedy. Um, if we were to hit the scenario. Awesome. Well, guys, <laughs> I think go. we've, we've kind of, uh, mustered through that one. And, uh, I, I tell you, there's always like this thought in my head when I come away with some new ideas of, of, or new nuggets from the podcast. Cause I learn as much as, as anybody in these things of how do I go back and, uh, implement some of it, you know, and I think the being really clear with your customer, um, is probably the, the, the give it like, I, how do I say it? It's the, um, everybody knows that, but building the relationships in different manners. And specifically when you start talking about residential, um, it sounds like to me that it goes a long way if the person likes you, like you said, you're going to be in their home. So it goes a long way if you, if they like you and you treat Especially them with if they respect. got more projects going on later, they'll invite you back. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cool. Well, guys, um, I'm talk sure we're going to talk about the scholarship before we get off of here too. Oh, good point. Uh, so coming up, we're going to be the, the SIM scholarship is still uh, going uh, we, we will be announcing that here in about 10 days. The, the uh, winner, we announced it in January, but it's still going on closes for, until the in about 10 or yeah. yeah. Exactly. Thank you for the clarification. See, yes. <laughs> That's why I it closes. Up. It closes, uh, in about 10, 15 days, and then we'll be announcing that in January. So make sure to sign up. I know it's on all of our socials. Um, Ashlyn, if you'll post it again as a reminder to everybody and we'll all reshare and reshare. So uh, you can also go to our blog and, and find about it there at gocareer.com. Um, and then Tice is coming up. That's kind of the next show in January. I'll be speaking at that event on a few different topics. I have two speaking engagements there. So I'll be speaking at that event and, 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 um, one of them, uh, one of the topics has already been set and it's going to be about labor. Obviously, I, I feel like that's where my uh, at least competency is. So uh, come join us there. It's in Las Vegas. You'll never have a bad time anyway, especially Las Vegas in January. So if you don't um, bring the right shoes, you'll have a bad time. Yeah. They, yeah. They stores bring everywhere, though. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't bring it, just buy it. That's yeah. what my wife says anyway. <laughs> that's what I say, too. <laughs> Except for all the travel out of the country, then I'm like, I'll be all right without this for five days or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, um, we will catch you guys next week and uh, we'll be coming up on, you guys got any Christmas parties planned for your company? Not yet. I was actually just looking at a few things earlier. I haven't even talked to him about it yet. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. All right. All right, guys. Well, appreciate you so much and uh, great topic. 
really good conversation. So I appreciate everybody participating. If you are watching this on one of our social channels, please comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about. What would you like to hear from us? Uh, or, you know, give us some feedback on, on what you thought of the podcast. If you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Either way, it doesn't matter to us. Uh, it does help us to get noticed on the good old YouTube algorithm, the more people that watch and, and interact with our videos. So with that, I will let you guys go, and we will see you next week. All Thanks, right, everybody. see ya. All right, see ya.